Hey everybody, welcome to Let Freedom Reign Podcast, and again, I thank you for tuning in week after week. Now, in our continued mission to grow the value of horsemanship, I'd like to present an opportunity for everybody to give back a little bit. Travis and Mariah Reynolds of Crooked Bar Ranch are having their inaugural ranch rodeo in Shawnee, Oklahoma on June 8th. Now, Travis left a career in law enforcement to begin his journey in ministry. It just so happens that Travis and Mariah were featured in episode 20 of Let Freedom Reign Podcast. So if you want to learn a little bit more about who they are and what they're all about, Go back a few episodes and listen in. Now, the ranch rodeo will include four-man teams with three events. The events include cow milking, steer doctoring, and a bunkhouse scramble. The entry fee is $200 a team, and the event will include buy-in jackpots for horseback musical chairs and a five-drum barrel race after the main events. Now, the infamous Chicho Nation will be the man behind the mic calling this great family event. There is no charge for spectating, and if you would like to enter this event, please contact Travis via social media at Crooked Bar Ranch on Facebook and Instagram. Currently, the event is looking for sponsors, and the sponsorships will not only help fund the rodeo, but the ministry efforts alike. The ministry focuses on the future of young adults who need an encounter with Christ in their lives. Please reach out to the folks at Crooked Bar Ranch if you would like to be a part of this amazing inaugural event. I thank you for your support of Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Jason, your host of Let Freedom Reign, an equine industry leading podcast that talks to folks from all different walks of life, who share their testimony of adversities and perseverance, and how the horse has helped them through their journey. Stay tuned, we're going to have a great time. Come along for the ride. Welcome everybody to another episode here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. You know, our guest this week just so happens to be a podcast host himself. Carson Jorgensen hosts the Definition of Success podcast. You know, I'm a huge fan of his show and I listen to it regularly. And after listening to many episodes, I thought to myself, it'd be an incredible opportunity to get to talk to Carson and learn a little bit more about who he is and how his show got its start. Again, we thank each and every one of you for the support and the many, many messages that come through across the world week in and week out. We sure hope to provide you value in this show. And after listening to this episode, hopefully you'll have another podcast to listen in on with Carson and the Definition of Success podcast. As always, we hope you share the show with a friend, and we hate to keep you all waiting any longer. Here is Carson Jorgensen. Carson Jorgensen, good morning, sir. How are you, buddy? Doing, doing very well. Thank you very much for coming on here at Let Freedom Reign podcast. And I know that the podcast industry is familiar to you, being the host of the Definition of Success podcast. And my goal with bringing other hosts on is to to really sell the great people of this industry, you know, I think helping and giving back is is paramount in this lifetime, and, and your show definitely does a lot of that. So today we'd like to learn a little bit about you and uh, a little bit about the show and where people can find you and hopefully grow each other's following a little bit. Man, I appreciate you having me. It's great to be on. Like you say, the podcast industry is really growing pretty quick. There's becoming more and more people out there, and so it's getting harder and harder to get your words out there, and so it's good to have other people that are really like-minded. I know we've talked about it before, but it's really nice to have people who are like-minded and really want to grow things together and make a difference. Yeah, and that's my personal perspective on it. You know, as I've kind of gone through this podcast journey, oftentimes I get the question, well, you know, how do you compete against the bigger shows, or how do you compete against so many shows? And my personal opinion is I, I compete against myself, and that's it, right? Together, we can all make a, a, a lot more change and a lot more impact on, on people's lives versus, you know, hey, can I get more downloads than this person or can I get more likes on social media? When, when it comes down to it, none of that stuff really matters. What matters is the exposure to people and, and helping people out best we can, you know? Man, and, and that's it. Like, what are we feeling? I know there's so much negative media out there. In the world we live in today, there's so much garbage out there. And what are we doing to contribute to other people? And what are we doing to help other people become better people? Because there's so much that people struggle with that we don't see on a daily basis. And I think it's tough for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people are struggling to find good information and they're surrounded with so much garbage that they don't have time to find good information. And we need to be able to present them with good stuff to help them change their life and to help live a better life. Yeah, you you couldn't have said it any better. You know, that's really what it is. There's so the disadvantage to this is that popular media is just so negative, right? And it's just filled with horrible information and inaccurate information and things of that sort. And 
not to say that I am the know-all of, of any of this stuff that we discuss, but this is the lens that we view the world from, you know, that I do and that our guests do. And, and really, you know, what I have found is that when you start to invest in something greater than yourself, that's when, when success really starts to show itself, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So let's get, get to know you a little bit. I know we talked off air. You have an incredible story. It's been a pretty busy season for you, being that uh, your family's in the sheep industry and you have lambs flying all over the place right now. So let's get into a little bit about that, and then we'll, we'll get into your history and, and start talking about your show. You bet. And it's kind of funny when you say, I, I was really thinking about this the other night, when you say, you know, we, how do you, how do you lamb that many sheep or how do you grow your podcast? They kind of go together because <laughs> we're just, we're just kind of coming off lambing season. And when you start lambing season, we've got about 4,500 head of sheep and we lamb different than most people. We lamb them one at a time in a shed, um, inside the shed, there's four big corrals outside and inside the shed, there's two sections in the shed. One section of the shed has about 200 individual pens and the other section of the shed has about all 20 pens that you can hold 10 at a time in <clears throat> excuse me and we take and uh, go in there and as each lamb or each sheep lambs outside we bring them in individually and they stay with their lamb individually in a single pen and then after a day or so we kick them out into a pen with 10 others and then after a couple of days we'll kick them out of that pen outside with 50 or so others and leave them there till it's time to dock and castrate them and everything like that so what i'm getting at here is it looks pretty daunting when you first start every year when you start lambing it's like when is this going to end you know before you even start it's just kind of a stress point and everybody gets pretty revved up about it and it's kind of kind of one of those things you don't really look forward to but it's a necessary thing and as you look at it, it looks like a really daunting task but as you do it like the, someone once said, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Uh, the journey of lambing starts with the first lamb. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. As as you bring those in one at a time, the corral gets emptier and emptier and emptier and the lambs start growing. And, and then you see success as you start to grow and you start to do. And so it's just kind of the same thing. You just keep going and doing and before you know it, you're about done. I was going to say, uh, any challenge or, or any goal is far easier to obtain when you really, really focus on the process, right? And if you focus on those small steps, one at a time, the, the goal is inevitable, right? But it's oftentimes we look at the big picture and that's when we get overwhelmed and inundated and discouraged and, and uh, nothing really good comes of it. Yeah, Tony Robbins said most people overestimate what they can do in one year and underestimate what they can do in 10. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible stuff. So let's get into a little bit of your, your history. I know entrepreneur has kind of been your thing throughout life and, and you do a whole bunch right now as far as consulting goes and the podcast and obviously the sheep industry. But let's get into a little bit about your history. Yeah, you bet. Um, so me and my family, my family, I'm what, fourth or fifth generation sheep rancher to a point. Um, my family's been ranching sheep for years and years. And so I grew up on the ranch here. Um, my whole life I've been within a couple miles of the ranch for the most part. Um, just grew up and it was really quite a blessing to be able to grow up simply because so many people don't get to see what goes on in life. And what I mean by that is, Every day we get to see you get what you put in. I mean, so if you don't plant something, you're not going to harvest anything. And that our choices have direct consequences. If we don't put a buck in with the sheep in the fall, we won't have lambs in the spring, which sets off a cycle and you won't be able to make it. I mean, you get what you put in. And, and that was a real blessing for me. So as growing up on the ranch, um, I really learned a lot of things and and not to toot my own horn, but I'm in a very objective person. And, and as my followers will know that I can find a story in just about any lesson. And I've been really blessed that way to be able to hear these stories and see them come to fruition and be able to see things in life and learn a lot of simple lessons from simple things. Um, growing up on the ranch, I lived, like I say, lived there 
my whole life and learn about dogs and horses and sheep and and but there was always something inside of me that wanted something a little bit more and I love the agriculture industry more than anything but yet there's something inside of me that pushes me to know more and pushes me to do more and to be able to get out and expand and see things and so a couple of years back four or five years back um I got an idea into my head I went to a diesel school I went to school I thought you know what I'm gonna be a diesel mechanic and I, and I finished went through school got towards the end of school and did really well in school finished at the top of my class and was selected to go to the national competition for diesel mechanics and um, ended up first in the state of Utah and ninth in the country. But the day that I finished that, I had a guy off walk up to me and offer me a pretty good job at Caterpillar. And I said, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore because I don't want to spend the rest of my life doing this. I've got something else that's calling me, which was kind of a funny deal yeah. the day that I finished. The day that I finished, I didn't want to do it anymore. It's the end of the story. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so after all that time, but it's one of those things, and I've kind of lived my life on this, is we can't find out what we don't like by not doing it. Yeah, and you got to put so yourself out there. I, yeah, you do. And to be able to discover what it is that stirs your soul, you have got to get out there and you've got to try a lot of different things. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, on that point, I've lived it so much of my life, right? You try to put the perfect scenario together, the perfect plan together, and you almost become stagnant in the process of, of trying to move forward rather than, hey, sometimes you just take the first step and see where it goes, right? And and take that action. <laughs> sometimes my wife will attest to this. I, I really premeditate a lot of things before I do them. I think about them pretty hard, but once it's time to do them, I am all in no yeah, matter what it tilt. takes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, but I, I'll start things just to be able to start them because I know once I put myself out there and hook myself to it, that it'll get done. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way I do things too. And continuing on, I discovered I didn't like it and decided I wanted to open my, open my own business because like I say, I really love the farm, but there's just something out there that calls me to more. And I just couldn't find happiness and peace doing something that I didn't feel was my calling in life because I've been blessed with a lot of different things and a lot of different talents and skills to be able to communicate and talk with people and to make a difference that way. And so I didn't feel like hiding them on the ranch was the best thing to do. And so I opened my own business and I my other business, I build um, horse bridles, spurs, that kind of stuff. And I still do it today. I help my family out on the ranch because I really love it. And so it gives me a good balance of both. Um, the business has been open for about four years now. Then about two years ago, this is just a really brief summary. Um, and in that time, I can't really forget this. In that time frame, me and my wife, we've been married for almost 10 years. And uh, I I can't say enough about finding the right person like sometimes I overlook this and get caught up in the story but I want to go back because I can't say enough about finding the right person in your life because without my wife without the encouragement that she gave me she's never once questioned what you know what I do and this is I'm going way off track here but <laughs> When, but I found that when I find a rabbit hole, it's best to go in it. Yeah, so go check it out a little bit. I don't know if any any of your listeners or you follow follow Gary Vaynerchuk, but I Absolutely. was on a plane one day. I was on a plane one day, and I was I right before this, I was privileged to meet Gary. I got to talk with him for just a few minutes, and he's a great guy. But uh, I was sitting on a plane listening to his podcast one day, and this was well after I'd been married and. My wife is ultra supportive. And he he said something that really stuck with me, and, and I believe it's true. He says, if there's anybody out there that has a true ambition to do something that sets themselves on fire, he says, you need to evaluate the people who are in your life. And he says, that's your family and your wife. He says, even your wife. He says, if you want to be something and your wife or spouse does not 
solely support you in that action, neither of you will ever be happy. So you just as well get a divorce now. And I'm not. <laughs> not. Anyway, that's just his extreme of the matter. Yeah, but, yeah. but it made a lot of sense that you will never be happy doing what you're doing if you want to do something else. And your spouse will never be happy if you're not happy. And so we we need, and that's just what I'm getting at, is without my wife and her undying support, and she rarely questions me because she knows that what I've got in mind is best, and I'm thinking what's best for all of us. And there's been some times when I even questioned if I knew what I was doing, but it, it's all worked out, and she's been ultra supportive, and she is great and lets me go and do and really experience, and so that's my shameless plug for my wife. She's a champ and my three kids, they're great. I got three girls. And during all this time, I, when I, we had two kids, uh, I decided to leave the farm full time and open my own business. And that was awfully stressful and it really changed the dynamics of our life for sure. But it also kind of changed the path that I'm on. Um, ended up two years ago shooting a video I always thought, you know what, I'm going to make a Facebook video. It's like, I, I really like this and people I like to communicate with. And the first video I had had a couple hundred views. The second video that I had had 1.3 million views. Oh, man. And so I really struck something and that just kind of jump started the whole deal. And from there, I started leveraging social media, doing a lot of motivational type videos. And then here we are today. I've got the podcast. I've got all the social media channels. I'm working on another thing as we speak with a TV station. So we'll see how it all works out and how it all plays out. But I'm really excited for the future and I'm really excited and I'm so happy that I'm blessed to live in the in America where I'm free to do all these things. And sometimes people overlook that. Yeah, it's true. You start traveling internationally and you realize that, uh, of all the, the first world problems that we have here in the United States, it's nothing compared to what people fight in, in these other countries just in their daily lives to, to live day in and day out. You know, we have, yeah. the, the great part about, you know, you touched a lot on Gary Vee and, and your family and your wife's support. So much of this world is if you want to go get it, go get it, right? You yeah. can create your own opportunity, you know. There, there isn't the suppression and oppression that, that popular media kind of makes this world out to be, you know. Um, I think so much of what you described is is true in regard. I mean, community is a big, big, big deal, right? And you have to find those people that encourage you, and you have to find those people that push you. And when times are tough and you want to walk away from it, you know, they got to push it right back into the fire. And that's when success really starts to grow. And you are right. You know, if you go down a parallel or a path, where where you think you need to be but do not have that backing, it's going to make make that road a lot more bumpy, right? And the, the challenges are going to be a lot more difficult. The hills are going to be a lot more steep. But when you truly find that partnership in life, whether it be friends or family, uh, the success just starts to roll, right? And the momentum grows and grows and grows. It's It's incredible what you can do when you find the right people or put the right people around you. Yeah, and the confidence that it breeds too. I mean, success breeds confidence. And once you start to gain that confidence, even because there's going to be a time too where you are going to walk alone. And I hate to say it, but for the most part, you will. Other than my wife, there's been times where I've made choices and the whole world looks at me and says, you're an idiot. But honestly, those have been the times that I've succeeded the most because I believe in it enough. And my undying support of my wife, she believes it in believes in it enough that I don't really care. There has to be a little bit of both. Like I always tell people this. I say you've got to pull from both directions. On one end, you've got to be humble. On the other end, you have an ego. And I find balance right in the center where those things pull tight. Yeah. And that's I mean, on one end you've got to be humble and listen to people and on the other end you've got to be confident and say you know what I know what I'm talking about we have to be awfully objective and find that balance for ourselves balance is so paramount to any form of success and I can think of so many stories in my life where I focus so much on one given task or one given facet of my life and you begin to burn out and it and it does affect other parts of your life you know and now 
I often get the question, uh, when do you ever sleep, right? Because I have my personal life, I have my <laughs> professional life, I have the horsemanship stuff, I have the podcast. There's so many things going on, but I think I attribute to the success to balance, right? When I focus on the podcast, I focus on the podcast. When it's family time, it's family time. When it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work, you know? And, and yeah. I don't let any one of those things control the other. I don't let any one of those things become more of a priority uh, than others. Now, obviously, family comes first. And if that was the only thing I could hold on to, then, you know, we just get rid of the rest. But you really, really got to focus yeah. on making balance the priority. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's all you can do. Because, and I'm the same way. It seems like when I'm training dogs and when I've got a dog, I'm training. And when I've got things going and everything, I've got so much to do. But those are the times when I'm the most productive because I feel the most rounded, like I'm getting things done. Yeah, the And so it's good because, yeah, because I suffer from ADD. Like I have, and I have to be awfully careful with it. And that doesn't mix well with my personality type either because they both work together to be really excited about something and then do it for a while till I perfect it and then stop. Yeah. And so it's really hard for me to keep something going unless I really, really, truly love it. If it's somewhat monotonous, I have a hard time sticking with it, and which is a blessing and a curse all at the same time because it keeps me moving forward to things that I do like and it finds what my true passion is, and it's always moving me forward. But it also makes it hard to follow through with certain things. And so those are the kind of things you need to recognize in your life as well. You need to really be self-objective until really see who you are and put those things together and know what's coming before it happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it does take a different level of awareness, right? Yeah. So let's get into your podcast. Now, you host The Definition of Success. And I find your show to be incredibly motivating because you do dig into a lot more of these topics, you know, talking about the success in marriage and the success in business. And uh, what I love most is that success is relative, right? So many people place it on financial status. And there's so much more to life, and there's so many variable definitions of success. And and a lot of that is brought to the forefront in your show, and you really, really start to peel back the layers. It's extremely encouraging, extremely motivating, and, and I'll tell you what, I'm definitely a fan of the show. So let's get into the history of the show, how it came about, what kind of push you in that direction, and uh, we'll see where the show's growth goes from there. Yeah, you bet. No, I started this. I started this in back in August was when I really started this a day after my 29th birthday. And, and I wanted to do it by my birthday, but the internet went out on my birthday, so I didn't get it done. So that's just kind of a funny story. <laughs> that's kind of a funny story. But um, like you say, it all stemmed from back a couple of years ago when I started the videos. And people, I most of my videos on Facebook and on YouTube, they're short. I mean, two to three minute, just short snippets, small lessons, that kind of stuff. Common sense, if you want to call it that. Uncommon sense, I guess, Correct. is what it seems Correct. like. Any, is what it seems like anymore. Yes. But people wanted a little bit longer form of media, and, and sometimes I don't have time to sit down and shoot a twenty-minute video just because I don't have time to get cleaned up, or I'm somewhere where I can't get to something, or I don't have all the time to complete it, or I'm not together with the people that I really want to talk with because sometimes people probably get sick of hearing me ramble on <laughs> and it's, it's time to have somebody else on. But uh, what it what it amounted to was I wanted to be able to have people that I knew and people that I understood. I wanted to be able to have them on and to share what I've learned from a lot of these people because I have been in the, in, I love the intro. I come up with the intro for my podcast and it, I just I love how, how it turned out just because it turned into more of the people that I've met. It's not about the businesses I've started. It's not about the things that I've done. This is about the people that I've met and the lessons that I've learned from them. And and that's really where it all started is I wanted to share some of the wisdom that I've learned and I have been blessed to meet many, many, many great people. And everyone has, and the thing, the overlying thing that I have found is everybody has their own definition of what success is. And so the name just kind of fell in line there. It just 
it just kind of fell where it was. And uh, that that's where it all started. And that's where the name come from, because I know people all think, well, I wouldn't say all. I don't want to categorize everybody. But when you hear success, you instantly think money. You think wealth. You think cars. And you, that's what you think when you think success. I, I just find that that's what people think. But the more, like you said, that I peeled back the layers and talked to people about what success means to them, even one of the wealthiest people I know, his success wasn't tied to wealth. It was tied to what he was doing with his life and what kind of an impact he was making. And I thought that was really interesting. And so I wanted to share that with people. I think it's such a versatile title, right? When you start to talk about success, I mean, it's variable, it's scalable, right? It's personal. And I lived a parallel path, you know, growing up younger, um, you know, coming through high school and college and things of that sort. Even in the early years of my, my professional life, I did find success in financial security, right? And as you start to walk the miles of life and you travel this journey, especially in the Western world, I found that, I mean, there are some great, great human beings out there that come from small towns, right? That come from small outfits that nobody even knows of. But their testimony is just so valuable, you know, and giving those people a voice, I think, is absolutely incredible. And again, it goes back to the great freedoms of this country, you know. You can share this small town wisdom with thousands and thousands of people by just hitting record. It's great to hear so many other people's perspective. And I, I equate it to sports growing up, playing team sports. You play for hundreds of coaches in your career. Well, depending on how long your career is. Not all of them are going to have the best advice, right? And you don't have to take yep. everybody's word for gospel, but you can take the successes here and there from each individual coach, and hopefully you can blend all those theories and principles together and, and build a little success for yourself in, in any given sport. Well, I think life is the exact same parallel, you know? As we, as we have interactions with different relationships in our life, you know, there's little things that we can take from everybody, and... There's a lot of things that we need to disregard as well, you know, but it's just trying to grow your relationships, trying to grow yourself, trying to leave a legacy greater than the one you found. And that's it. And I don't, I, I someday, I, I've used this quote like a million times, and someday I'm going to figure out who said it. I'm sure it wouldn't be hard. But it was something to the effect of everybody has something to teach us. It may be right or wrong. You know, you may yeah. learn what to do from that person or what not to do from that person, but everybody has something to teach us if we just listen. And it's funny in the horsemanship parallel, right? People always talk about, well, the horse is always learning. And you talk about right and wrong, right? When you do things correctly, right. the horse learns. When you do them wrong, well, the horse is still learning. And life is that, and it touches back to community. As we walk through life, you know, if you saturate yourself with a lot of the negative and a lot, of, a lot of the pessimistic approach, that becomes your reality. But when you start to furnish yourself and find yourself with people that are encouraging and people that are motivating and people that think, right? Just think. All of a sudden, you start to grow in that same regard, right? Success becomes exponential. Your positive outlook on, on situations becomes your primary mode of thinking instead of the why me or poor me. Yeah, and when they say... You become the five people you spend your most time, the most time around. That is gospel, I believe. I believe that is true. That whoever you let in your head and whoever you let dictate your emotions and dictate the way that you think, that's how you'll think. And that is power. And so we need to be careful, especially with all this media garbage going on. We need to be careful who we let in our head. You got one shot at it, right? And I think people need to be tolerant, too, that the seasons of life change, right? Sometimes those five people mm -hmm. aren't good for you, right? Whether it's a, a physical move or a professional move or, or heck, your perspective in life just changes a little bit, you know? There's, there's always going to be a constant evolution, and you have to have patience in that, reg patience in that regard. Yeah, and um, this this actually comes from me, and I don't know how I come up with this, but this is something that I have decided to live by, and it's to be firm in your destination, but flexible in your approach, because everything's going to be different. It's not, it's not always going to be the same, but you know where you want to end up, but you have to be able to ebb and flow and to give and take to get where you want to go, because you cannot control everything, but you can make 
individual decisions based upon what you're doing at this point in your life to put you where you want to end up. Yeah, it goes back to focusing on that process, right? Yeah, it all comes around. Absolutely. So in going through your show's development, has it kind of taken its own course or have you had a concise plan for it? How do you kind of develop your material in your in your episodes? Okay, so I have a buddy get mad at me for this, but for my episodes, I know who I, I read up on. I usually know the people that I'm going to talk to and I know a point that I want to get from, but I never have a direction for any episode that I want to go. I want the episode to always go in the direction where we feel that it needs to go or wherever it really leads. But I do have a something that I want to get out of that person that I want people to hear. And so for my um, hour long, most of them are about an hour long. I don't write anything down. I don't have any scripts of what I want to know. Like I, I let the conversation go where it wants to go. And that's just kind of a talent that I've been blessed with is to be able to read situations. And, and it all comes back to growing up with animals, I, I keep bringing it back to this and like I say, it's another tangent, but this is why I think the way I do it's it's like with a horse, you know, you've got to be able to read, you've got to be able to see and perceive what that animal's thinking and, and dogs are the same way. If you're going to train a dog, you've got to be able to tell what they're thinking. And I do the same thing with my episodes. You've got to be able to perceive what people want to know or what people want to share. And then you have to facilitate a way for them to get that message out there. And for me, I've received so many wonderful messages from our listeners, you know, uh, that touch just on that point that you described, you know, the natural flow of conversation and asking the correct follow-up questions and the timing and all of that. And I think in my brief experience being a show host, uh, a lot of that has to do with your ability to listen and in listening mm-hmm. to so many podcasts out there. And this is no knock because everybody has their own agendas. But I think oftentimes hosts go in with their line of questioning, right? I got these 10 questions in this 35-minute episode, and these are the questions that I'm going to ask. And the follow-up and we're going to get through them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the follow-up questions not, may not have context, right? Or they may not have meaning. And and I agree with you. I, I take the same approach. You know, I have a goal or a mission that I want to get from a guest. And oftentimes we've discussed it off air prior to the show. But as far as the actual content that is developed in the episode, I just let life go where it goes. And, and eventually we'll get there. Or if we don't, right, then maybe a more important message is what needed to be heard. And that's the story that we tell. Yeah, and and that's why I do it. It's funny you say this. I, two days ago, I don't know if you follow Roy Cox. He's one of the best working dog trainers there is and I went to one of his clinics and uh he said the same thing he says these animals are trying to tell us something all the time it's whether we stop to listen or not that determines if we can train them into something good that's an incredible level of awareness and I think about the horsemanship side of listening the horse has an ability to convey and communicate like no other animal that I've experienced personally right yeah But to remove the human and add the horse into your perception, your awareness, your ability to think is a very difficult task, and it does take a lot of reflection. But when you start to see some of those successes, I mean, it's almost revolutionary, right? Right. And that's, we want to infringe, like you can't, and that's why I love horses. You cannot force a horse, a horse weighs five, ten times what you do. You cannot force a horse to do what you want them to do. And so if we can, how often do we try though? How often do we try to tell them what to do? I'm yeah, going to tell absolutely. them what to do. But the greatest horse trainers, I've spent time around Chris Cox. I've been to his place. I've spent multiple times around some of the best horse trainers, rope horse trainers on the planet. And the best of the best always say the same thing. They say, I'm not telling this horse what to do. I'm ta- I'm feeling what this horse needs and then letting him think it's his idea to do the thing yeah. that I want him to do. And I think about it from a, 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 an elementary standpoint, right? You have supervisors and you have leaders. Both positions are in charge of an individual, a team, a unit, right? An animal. But a a supervisor, in my opinion, is more of a reactionary position, right? Something happens and you respond to it. Whereas a leader, a leader's offensive. 
But a leader motivates, encourages their people to do good work, encourages their people to push on, encourages their people to really push the envelope in whatever given field it is. And I found so much of life is that, is that when you really start to invest in the people around you, when you really start to encourage those around you to be successful, your personal success follows suit nine out of 10 times. Exactly. And, and and I live my life that way to a T, that if everybody's winning, it's a good deal for yeah, everybody. Absolutely. And, and I think there's so many people that are just out there for what they want, and um, they're trying to push what they want on everybody else. And it all, for me, stems back to my relationship with horses, that I cannot force somebody to think my way. Uh, some of my videos get a little bit political. I may or may not have political ambitions for the future, <laughs> but some of my things are really political and people come on there who do not really agree with me. I mean, and they will want to fight the great example. There was a, I posted a video the other day and the guy come on there and said some pretty nasty stuff right out the get go. I mean, he led out the gate with something that wasn't real nice. Coming and hot. I'm not a very <laughs> old man. He came in hot and, and it was just like, call you a nasty name right out of the get go yeah. and then expect to have a good conversation. And all I wrote back to him was, wow, why would you say that? And then I let him elaborate. And I said, well, that's really not the case. If you would have been listening, I really feel this way. And we actually engaged in a string of conversation that was fairly long. And before it was all over, he really actually saw, and it doesn't always work that way, but he was, he gave enough to me to see that I was actually trying to do exactly what he wanted, or I was proposing exactly what he wanted, but yet he'd come out of the gate saying that I was a neo-Nazi, whatever else, but in the end, he actually agreed with what I say, and I, I lead with that always. Like If we are reactionary, and if we jump on the bandwagon, start calling names back and forth, if you start beating on that horse right out of the gate, and everybody's fighting, nobody's going to learn yeah. anything. Yeah. But if we take a step back and say, this is why that person is feeling that way, like they are reacting this way because of X. So let's address X and then we can get on with a civil conversation or we can continue training because now we're all on the same page and you're not fighting the horse for the rest of the day. Yeah, you're, everybody's on a, has a better understanding of, of where people are at or where, where everybody's goals are focused. Oh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about where people can find you. I mean, do you have more popular social media avenues than others? Do you have a website? Um, how often does your show air? Things of that sort. So I tried to do a show once a week. Um, this last month, I've been a little slow seeing this lambing season. It kind of took the air out of yeah, me. Yeah, the, the 4,500 other lambs have your time. Yep, yep. But I actually recorded one of the podcasts sitting in a car at midnight outside of the shed in between lambing in the snow. <laughs> so I tried, I tried to do the best I could, but just about any social media channel, if you like politics, go on Twitter. I kind of save Twitter for my political stuff. But if you like the rest of the motivational stuff, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, that's really where to find me there. I have a website. It's just CarsonJorgensen.com. Um, that kind of gives you the link to the podcast. And as far as the podcast goes, it is available basically everywhere you can find a podcast. I mean, iTunes. Um, the Apple Store, um, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Uh, it's on basically SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. If you can find a podcast on it, it's probably on there. That's great, great stuff. So you've mentioned your, your political endeavors. What What is kind of the direction or your goal in the political field? You know, there's it's kind of a big ambition and I'm not exactly sure how it's going to end up yet, but I just see a lack of lead, true leadership in the country. And I'm not saying that I'm only the right person for it, but I believe that I was kind of blessed with a objective view to be able to see both sides and to convey a message, not of hate, but of understanding. And I, I just have a deep seated feeling that something is lacking in this country that, um, uh, that we need a force for good and we're running out of time to sit quiet. I mean, we're letting the extreme people, the people who are far to the left or whatever it might be, the people who don't necessarily share our views, we're all sitting back because we don't want to get involved. We don't want to, 
we don't want to overstep our bounds. But the time, I believe, is coming shortly that we can no longer sit quiet anymore, the vast majority of us. we It's time to stand up and say, you know what, I've had enough of people who don't understand what's going on telling me what to do and forcing their agenda down my throat. Because if we don't stand up for it soon, we're going to lose it. And so I just feel like I was blessed with that and that I would be able to benefit a lot of people. And I'm hoping that that's the case. Um, like I say, I, I want to bring a more objective and a little more simplistic view to politics in the future and to be able to grow a big following of people who say, you know what, it, you can have your cake and eat it. We can be civil. And it's just like I was reading a book about George Washington, and they were talking about the Constitution when they drafted it. And they said, you know what, they, he called it the Great Compromise. And they called it that for a reason, because it wasn't one way or the other. It wasn't my way or the highway. It was this is the best we can do with what we have for everybody that's involved. So this is going to be a compromise. It wasn't exactly what one side or the other wanted. And I think we've lost that. We've, we let people and we vote people into office who only want exactly what it is they want. They're only, this is all about them and their agenda. And this is what they're going to have. And We've lost a lot of things because of that, and I think it's time we bring them back. Yeah, I, I really like that point that you make about the compromise. You know, it, it cannot be one way or the other, or my way or the highway. It just there's too many too many people involved in this, right, to go to that extreme. And yeah, and look what happens when it gets that way. I mean, it just sits and stagnates, and then nothing gets done. Instead of saying, "This is what I want. This is what you want. Let's meet in the middle." It's this is what I want, and we're going to take as much as we can. And if you don't like it, we're going to lock everything up, and nothing will get done for ten years. Yeah, the focus becomes the fight, right? Yeah, rather than and the goal or the that mission. That is it. This gets me revved up, and that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like. It's all, and that's all you see anymore. It's yeah. only about the fight. You never hear about actual politics or what's going on in the country or how we're going to fix this. All you hear about is the fight. Yeah. We don't like him, so we're going to get rid of him. We don't like her, so we're going to get rid of her. Like We're just going to fight and spend millions upon millions of dollars because we don't like somebody instead of doing what you were actually elected to do. Yeah, participating in moderation, right? Oh, man, let me tell you, that gets me pretty round up. <laughs> I love it. Great stuff. Great stuff. So what are the big goals for the Definition of Success podcast? Like I say, that that was really something that I wanted to do. My goals is to reach as many people as I can to bring back that common, uncommon sense and to be able to be a voice of reason for a lot of people and to give them something positive to look for, something to put in their ear that says, you know what, this is where I came from and I did it, or this is where I came from so you can do it. If I did it, so can you. And I want people to hear that. And I want to give Americans back their voice. I want people to be able to be heard. And I'm sure I'll open up another podcast at some point that's more political because I want people to be able to be heard. But I also want to grow a following. I want people to know who I am. And I, I use it to meet people and to continue to give them something to where they can have a voice too. And and that's really my goal for this is to grow it's a selfish and unselfish thing all at the same time. Like you say, it's about balance, right? It's Absolutely. a selfish thing for me because I want to meet people and I want to grow my influence and I want to be able to be somebody that people look towards and say, hey, I know that guy. Let's use him to do something great. And then on the other hand, I will, I'm completely altruistic. Like I want people to benefit. I do this for other people. I do this so that they can live their life better and they can find the tools that they need to change their life. Because like I said before, there's everybody has their own life. We see what's around us and we think we're the only person struggling with something. But it's funny, I went to a Tony Robbins and I probably used this example before I went to Tony Robbins in Las Vegas and he picked a lady and she was really struggling with something and and, and she felt pretty bad about it. And uh, she, he says, okay, I want you to close your eyes. So she did. And he says, I want everybody in this room. And it was an arena full of people. He says, I want everybody in this room who has ever struggled with this to raise their hand. 
80% of the people in that room raised their hands and she opened her eyes and looked around it. And 80% of the people around her were struggling with something similar or had struggled with something similar. We're not in this alone. And I think sometimes we don't want to be vulnerable. and We don't want to talk about those things and to open up about them. And so other people feel like they're the only ones struggling with it. And I want that to go away. I want that barrier to go away and people, for people to know that, guess what? You're not the only one struggling. A lot of people have dealt with this, and here's how they did. And I think so much of strength, uh, my personal definition has changed so much over the years, right? Strength is yeah. strength is that vulnerability. Strength is that willingness to tell your testimony, right? That's where it truly comes from. The popular definition, right, is having it all together and being successful and being the pillar of your family or your society or your, you know, your your system. And that couldn't be any further from the truth, right? Some of the most right. successful people that I know, some of the strongest people that I know, and it's a testament to the horse world too. Some of the horses that have the most to give in life have been the most broken. Yeah. You know, man, I, I have a dog right now. Okay, you're going to get me emotional here. I have a dog right now, and she's, like, I love her to death, and she is that way. Like, when I first got her, I got her from a guy who thought she wasn't going to make a good dog. Like, he's like, I don't, she's not going to make what I want. I paid a lot of money for her, but you know what? If you want her, you can have her. This dog has got more heart and more try and more go. It, it took a long time. I mean, it took a long time to get her to calm down, to not bite when she's not supposed to, to really, I mean, she tore a lot of stuff up and I wasn't sure either. There was times I doubted her, but she just turned two years old. And honestly, she's one of the best dogs you'll probably ever see. She is, I mean, just not being personally biased, like she is amazing, but she was the one that people thought was the most broken like she yeah. she wasn't gonna make it and i feel like that happens a lot to people and some people rise to the occasion and others cave but a lot of times that has to deal with who's helped them along the way i was gonna say you want to start talking about defining success right those people that are on the the verge of breaking or just so overwhelmed it's it's the community right they have not found the right investments in them or they have not found the right people to lean on, or they have not found the right habits to to exercise a lot of their stress on, and, and they go down the roads of drinking and fighting and adultery and whatever vice it might be. But so much of, of legacy is finding those people, right? Finding the ones that can pick you up, finding the ones with a tidbit of information, finding the ones that have been there, done that. And that's a great thing for me in this podcast is that in my journey, I mean, I've talked to people literally all over the world, you know, people that I have no business contacting otherwise, but they have incredible stories, they're willing to share them, they're willing to invest in others, and and hopefully we can build a stronger community as a result. Man, I, I'm with you 100% on that one. And if you want to talk about people who make a difference, because I'm a, people don't know this about me, but I am a very... The people closest to me probably understand, but I am a very emotionally driven person, and it, you probably don't catch that from the outside. Like I am a highly emotional person a lot of times, and you want to talk about you want to talk about people who make a difference. You want to talk about changing somebody's life. You be there for somebody because. You're never going to know when that's going to make a difference because yeah. I can't tell you, like, I can't tell you the people in my life that were there for me when I needed them, whether they knew it or not. There was times when I thought I couldn't take another step. There yeah. was times yeah. when, I, when I thought I couldn't go any farther. And there was people there for me that will never understand that'll never know the implications of what one thing they may have said to me changed my life or changed how I felt about a situation and changed where I'm at in my life today because they took the time because they cared and they cared enough to listen and they cared enough to share with me what they thought or what I, they thought that could help me at the time or whether they had no idea that I was struggling and they were there for me 
just to be there. And when you talk about having good people in your corner, that's, I mean, that's it. And that's the greatest joy with, with, you know, having other podcast hosts on this show is that hopefully between us, we can motivate somebody to be that person, right? To invest and genuinely invest, take a true, honest, caring approach to somebody. And when you see a buddy down, pick them up. If you haven't heard from a friend in a while, give them a call, right? Or or when they call you in that 11th hour, right? And and it's atypical, pick that phone up and maybe just listen. You don't even have to say anything. Sometimes just the act of listening is enough and is being there for somebody, you know, when you don't know when that change is going to be made. But it all comes from the heart, you know. You have to have a willing, genuine investment in those around you. Yeah, and and that's, man, we cannot be there for everybody in the whole world. We can't, and that's just the way that that's it's That's the reality of it, right? Yeah, but like you say, we can talk to that people. We can spread this example. We can spread the good, and we can help them be there for somebody else. And as this net grows and as this web grows of kindness and of success and of listening, people ask me all the time, if you, for those people who know me closest, know that I can make a friend with anybody. Like I will meet somebody and within the first 10 minutes, they will be my friend or I will be their friend for the most part. Some people I don't necessarily (laughs) like, but I can make friends and acquaintances faster than anybody. And people always ask me, how do you do it? And I say, I I genuinely care. Like that is all, that is legitimately all there is to it is I genuinely care how that person thinks. I care how they feel and I care what they feel in that moment. And I want them to feel that I care. And that is all it takes. Literally, that is all it takes. A phone call, a text, a hello, how are you? Something on social media, send them something. It doesn't have to be anything big, but in that moment, you give them your attention. When they talk, you give them your attention and you act like that person is already your friend and they will be. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough concept to learn because so much of my life, you know, I was kind of the lone wolf. I just did it on my own and I didn't, <laughs> I, I truly didn't care, right? I had my own agenda and uh, right. I was going to go about it and you were either on board or you were in the way. That's how I viewed a lot of life. But now uh, as you start to mature, you start to get a little bit older, um, you start to face some real challenges and some real scary situations in life. You start mm-hmm. to you start to place a lot more value in your relationships, and you start to find out who's truly there for you and and who's not. And I can think of some of the most broken times in my life. Those great people in my circle made me feel some incredible feelings and picked me up in a way that that I couldn't pick myself up, you know. And and that has motivated me to hopefully reciprocate that feeling with with somebody that I I, I affect in their life. Right. And and like I say, this probably goes without saying, but I mean, God is a key pillar in my life, too. Um, and that's I mean, when it all boils down to it, that's what's important. Like we need to do what's right before our God, before create or whatever you want to call it. Like we have to do what's right by him or her or whatever you believe. Like yeah. that's it, and for me, it goes without saying. Everything that I do, I hope I'm doing to make that person proud, and hoping that God thinks so, and that I'm helping out my fellow brothers and sisters along the way to be that person to lift them up. Yeah, no, you're you're dead on with that one. I mean, faith is a huge part of my success, and it's a challenge, and it's tough, and it, you got to stay with it. But uh, the opportunities and the doors that have created when I put. God is a priority in my life and is a focus in my life. It's just been absolutely incredible. And for the lion's share of my life, he's always kind of been there, right? You know, I I grew up in the Catholic Church, and it's not until the last few years that I've really, really tried to start to develop a relationship. And once that path began to be traveled, it's just incredible the direction my life has taken. It's gone in a direction that I never, never hoped, never dreamed, never wished for, any of that stuff. And it's been so fulfilling when you start to really focus on obedience. Oh, yeah. And and my whole life, when you say a path that you've never set on, I, we touched on it earlier. I kind of, like I told you, oh, my whole life I felt like there's something more. 
it's funny our sheep herders a lot of them are chileans a lot of them are mexican guys they call me ovea negra which is black sheep and <laughs> they they call me that because i'm different from the rest of my family they they you know i i'm just different I think differently. I act different. My family is great people, but I mm-hmm. just have a different outlook on life. And they call me that for a reason because I, I just see things different. But my whole life, you like you say, there's been something, an underlying current pulling me in a different direction. And when I start listening, instead of fighting against that, what I think that I want and aligning it to what I feel I can do for the world, even though it may be something that I don't really necessarily want to do, it's probably going to be the best thing for me. And and this life is about helping as many other people as we can. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And as we, uh, as we start to wrap the show, I want to just take two seconds to kind of recap on social media and where people can find you. Now, we know that the definition of success podcast is pretty much accessible on all major podcast platforms, but are there social media venues where you are more active than others and, and maybe some contact information or where people can consume more of your content yeah facebook and instagram is where i'm pretty active i mean if anybody wants to reach out send me a message i answer every message i try to respond to almost every comment on every video um except for the one i had a video i had about seven million views you better get over seven million views (laughs) i know i responded i responded to the first two thousand comments and after that i couldn't keep up with them anymore that's uh that's a valiant effort like a there was 11,000 comments on there, but I do have one video that's got 2,500 comments on it, and I was lucky enough to respond to every one of those. But like I say, I try to be as personal as I can. Reach out to me on any social media platform, especially Facebook. That seems to be the one that I use the most. But I'm more than happy to talk with you. I'm happy to visit and share what I think. If you have questions, feel free to ask me. That's That's about how you find me. That's incredible. And I know we've talked about so many facets of life in this episode, but are there words that you kind of live by or staples that you that, that burn in your soul that you would like to share with other folks? And there's so many of them, but the one the one that I, I okay, I can't just pick one. I would like to, but I can't. So it might take me a minute. But what I would you have to believe in yourself. First and foremost, it all starts with you. Um You need to believe in what you're doing because there's going to be a lot of people who don't. There's going to be people, and they are going to be some of your closest family. They are going to be siblings, parents, people around you that are not going to believe in what you feel for yourself. But do not let the dictates of other people dictate how you're going to live your life because when it all boils down to it it is you that has to live your life you have to face the consequences of decisions that you've made in your life whether good or bad and you, you need to get to that place where you own every decision that you make because it's easy to give your power away it's easy to say you know so and so did this to me so I, I i just feel this way i can't do it or so and so does this and doesn't believe in me that doesn't matter you have to believe in yourself enough to be able to say i do not care legitimately what you think i for me personally i care what everybody thinks about me and in the next breath i care about what nobody thinks about me because my opinion of me is first and foremost the most important but then again, I care what everybody else thinks of me. It's kind of a double-edged sword. Yeah, and I think in, in life, and the reality is, right, so much of our conversation has been community, but there's going to be times in your life where you're the only person standing in your corner, you know? Yep. And you could lay down and you could walk out of the arena or you could take a deep breath and get in the fight. And it's tough knowing when those situations are are, are approaching, right? You don't always want to be combative in your life, but... Sometimes oh. you do have to you do have to fight your own fight. You're going to fight it alone, but if it's what is is ingrained in you and it's what you truly believe in, then then press on. Yeah, and if something means enough to you to do it, do it right and don't let anybody stop you from doing it. I mean, that's just it. Right or wrong, if your mom says, "You know what? I don't believe in you. Why are you doing this? You're wasting your time and you believe in it." You need to have the courage to tell your mom that's not your business. Yeah. You need to have the courage to say, you know what? It's not your life. 
So you just step back. We can all be civil. We can all be kind. But there comes a time and a place where you have to stand on your own two feet and you have to say enough is enough. This is my life. This is what I want from my life. And this is what I am going to do. Yeah. And and kindness, man, empathy. These are things that I lead with. Like if I people like to say, people ask me often, like, what's one thing of advice? And the first one is to be stand up for yourself. But the next one is you've got to lead with empathy. There's enough out there in the world of listen to me. I'm right. Listen yeah, to me, I know everything. You're absolutely correct. Listen, yeah, and, and you're not because everybody's different. Everybody lives somewhere different. Everybody's environment's different. Everybody has something different that needs to be heard. And if you lead with empathy, and I think it, I'm trying to remember who said it. It was in the seven habits. It was who it was. It was Stephen Covey. He says, first seek to understand and then to be understood. So, what that means to me is if you lead with empathy, if you try to understand how they're feeling, why they're saying what they're saying first, then you can come back and you can say, okay, this is why they're feeling that way. Now we can address the true problem. We can go back to the root. And for me and you, I think it sounds the same. We all go back to training horses, those simple lessons, training dogs. You have to be able to listen. You have to lead with empathy. Like I understand that wasn't what I wanted. I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not going to drive my spur in. I'm not going to whoop on you. I'm going to understand what you're saying. I'm going to seek to understand, and then I can be understood by you. You can see what I'm trying to say. We can convey a message, and everybody wins. Like yeah. That, for me, drives it home. That's a great point. That's a great point. And for those of you listening, you want to consume more of what Carson has to say, and his valuable content, obviously the Definition of Success podcast is available on all major platforms and reach out to Carson via social media. Carson, I would like to thank you very much for making time for everybody here at Let Freedom Reign Podcast. It's been an absolute joy to sit down with you the last hour or so and kind of share perspectives on life and and maybe this is the first of many. Yeah, I hope so, man. I Like I say, I appreciate it and you're doing a great thing. Thank you, sir. And good luck with the last of your lambs, huh? Yeah, we're about there. I think we're about 50 <laughs> left. So we're on the downhill slide. Good stuff. We'll talk to you down the road, sir. Have a good one. You too. Take care, buddy. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to this episode of Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Again, you can find us on social media under Let Freedom Reign Podcast. If you want to support the growth of this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash Let Freedom Reign Podcast. Again, we thank you, and we'll see you on the next one.